Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. We're talking about physical aspects of loss, and our second guest is Dr. Kirsty A. Dyer. Dr. Kirsty A. Dyer is an internal medicine physician, grief and loss expert, professional health educator, professor, lecturer, author, and former NICU parent. In 1997, she created Journey of Hearts, www.journeyofhearts.org, to educate people about the normal grief response. Welcome back to the show, or welcome to the show, Kirsty. Thank you. Hi, Kirsty. It's great to have you on the show today. This has just been such an important topic for our audience. Uh, many, many people have asked, what about the uh, physical aspects of loss and how to deal with them? And I think it's great. You know, with our uh, guests before, we've talked a lot about specific, you know, uh, sleep and all that kind of thing. But I'm really interested in your website. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about, you had a child in the, in the uh, uh, what, a premature baby? No, actually, my daughter. Um, the website was long before the daughter, and the the um, my interest in in grief and loss was long before we had her in the NICU. So I often, um, I'm, I'm sort of in the unusual position of uh, being an expert of, on grief and loss and an expert on um, grieving in the NICU, even though your child doesn't die. Um, so uh, my daughter just ended up, you know, she ended up with respiratory um, distress and one of those complicated NICU terms that I won't get into. And so um, it was it was really interesting being a grief and loss expert going through the NICU, going, wait a minute, you know, it's like my daughter's fine, she's going to get out of this, and yet I'm still grieving a loss. And, you know, sort of not only was I feeling the physical manifestations of just having had a cesarean section and and all that, but I was also feeling the physical manifestations of grief. So, um, you know, having to get up, walk around, you know, (laughs) it's amazing what the body can do to overcome um, pain uh, when, you're, when your child is, is uh, not doing well. Right. Yeah, that's a whole different thing uh, when people, they've just had a baby and they're dealing, oh, in our audience, we talk with them about that, uh, about recovering from delivery and, as, as you say, a cesarean or something like that, and having to deal with grief, too. Mm-hmm. Really dramatic. Well, I, I know that you've done this website. Talk a little bit about it. It's a beautiful site. Thank you. It's um, it, It's been a labor of love. Unfortunately, I, I kind of joke about it that we've never been able to get any funding because, you know, the pharmaceutical companies don't want to fund um, grief because, you know, if, if grief is dealt with properly, you don't get to the, the medications. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just it's been one of those things that I started doing. I was seeing a lot of... Um, uh, people coming in for routine internal medicine visits, you know, complaining about the cold. And then the real reason that they were there was because, you know, they're actually coping with a father that's dying somewhere and they can't afford to get sick, so they want the antibiotic. And what they really need is help in the grieving process or, or you know, helping their dad um, cope with with the dying process. And so the the website 
came out of my frustration um, in not really being able to do much of anything. You know, it's like my, they would always be the, oh, by the way question as they're out the door. Um, and the, the thing that would typically, you know, keep you running off schedule um, if you spent huge amounts of time trying to answer the question. So I put together the website as a way um, to sort of educate people about grief and loss and, you know, some of the physical manifestations that they may be feeling. And, well, and what that's are some one of the things I really oh, liked about your website was that you normalize the experience of grief for the most part. I mean, it's a lot of things that people are going through are just normal manifestations of what happens when you're grieving a loss. Right, and, and I think since we, we kind of live in a society that doesn't really allow us to grieve, you know, we're all supposed to put on the happy face and, you know, do whatever. And you get time to go to the funeral, and then you have to go back to work. Well, if you're lucky, you get time to go to the funeral. Right. Mm-hmm. T- talk about uh, your desire to destigmatize grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just, it was... Part of that whole, you know, it's, it, I don't know, it was just, I think the more I, I saw about it, the more I learned about it, um, you know, I mean, it's been really tough trying to convince my, uh, my medical colleagues that, that grief is actually an issue because that's sort of something, well, you know, somebody else is supposed to deal with that, and it's the nurses or the clergy or somebody else. Um, and I kept seeing it as a, as a medical student, as a resident, you know, and, and maybe I was just more attuned to it. Um, but it was just, it was one of those things that I really felt like if people understood that this was normal, that what they were feeling was normal, that the sort of being kicked in the gut feeling was normal, the not being able to sleep feeling, um, they were all normal, and that they'll eventually get, you know, through it once once they're a little bit further removed from the grief. And I just felt like, um, you know, it might also help cut down on a lot of the unnecessary visits to the doctors if we could just... You, you know, know like, how powerful, Heidi, would it be to have your doctor tell you that grief was normal, your medical that, doctor? That's, that's what I'm thinking, because oftentimes you hear people say, well, your grief is complicated. You've got complicated bereavement, and in some cases you may, but in many cases what you're going through is normal. So I love that too, Mom. I mean, Kirsty is an MD saying that what most people are going through are normal parts of the grieving process. At least in the, you know, the, the early stages. I mean, the, the, and people can, you know, there are, whatever, I guess they've medicalized it and they've made it, you know, complicated grief, and then now you can get reimbursed and all that sort of stuff, and don't get me, you know, talking about medical codes and reimbursement with grief. But, but you know, I think a lot of that initial, you know, especially the, the shock and the, the numbness and all those sorts of feelings that, that one that gets, at least in the acute stages, um, are just, it's a normal process. If you probably, if you ask, you know, a thousand people what they're feeling, they're all probably going to describe very similar sort of um, symptoms. And you've got those normal, you've got the symptoms of grief on your website. Yeah, yeah, I've got a lot of that included in um, the so website. So you can go on her website and hit it and see what the symptoms are and, and uh, you know, look at the normalization of grief. Are, are the, is the medical community doing any better with it? Um, I think that, um, let's, that we're 10 years out since starting the website, and at, at the time um, I was finishing up my residency program, I was basically told by one of the attendings in my residency program that there was no role for physicians in hospice. And I was just 
twittering, tweeting with, with, uh, with one of the palliative care programs. Yesterday, they're starting um, a, a residency, a fellowship program in San Diego where they're going to be training physicians in palliative care. And so it's really nice to see 10 years later, you know, that, that yes, there is a need, um, and, but, but it's being more recognized in the hospice realm of things. I was, I stepped back from that and realized that it's more than, grief was more than just, you know, what was happening at the end of life. You know, obviously I had this grief experience with my daughter at the beginning of life, and many other people have variety of different grief experiences throughout life. Um, so it's more than, you know, than just, just what's going on with hospice, but at least it's a start. What's your take on antidepressants? I, I just find uh, people, well, a friend of ours who's a psychiatrist, uh, um, mother died, and, you know, he's an older man. His dad is in his 90s, and he's a psychiatrist, and uh, the dad went to his GP, and he wanted to put him on antidepressants, and his son was horrified. I'm, uh, I guess even though my background's in internal medicine, I wasn't a real good pill pusher. Uh, or, or, you know, good about prescribing. I think my, my bias is more towards um, a, a more holistic approach or more integrative medicine and looking at more lifestyle or lifestyle um, medicine. And I think that's, that's where the normalizing the grief fits in. You know, I, I think that you, there's lots of debates back and forth with whether grief should be medicated. It probably depends on whether you have a, um, the ability to prescribe or not. Um, and, and I think that oftentimes if the physicians don't necessarily understand grief is normal, okay, the one thing I can do for a patient is that I can write them either an antidepressant or I can write them an anti-anxiety medication. And then I feel, speaking hypothetically, that I've done something. You know, that, that too many of these office visits are if the patient doesn't walk out with a prescription in hand, they don't feel like anybody's done anything for them. Unfortunately, the way things are set up, the physicians don't have the time to do what the patients need the most, which is to sit and listen to their story of grief. Right, right, yeah. You know, and, and if you have a 10-minute, you know, um, primary care visit and the person's telling you, you know, that their dad's dying on the way out, it just, you know, the, all the bean counters get all out of, out of whack because, you know, you're running behind schedule for the day. Mm-hmm. And, and so it really, I think that's another reason why oftentimes the grief gets delegated to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Heidi, even... did you ever have anybody, any of your doctors when you had miscarriages, listen to your story? Uh, no. They didn't have to. It, it, was, it was what Kirstie's saying. It was, there was not time. So, you know, they didn't, they didn't really process the story. They just kind of moved me to the next station or the next nurse or the next thing that I had to do as far as procedure-wise. Uh-huh. It was more about procedures, not about what I was going through emotionally or psychologically. It was about what I was going through physically. Well, Heidi, I don't know how long ago your um, miscarriage experience was. I know that they're getting better with uh, some of the services that are out there providing things for people who are, are experiencing miscarriages they, they or are. and fact, those sorts of things. I have a friend, uh, Alan Copperman, Dr. Alan Copperman in Mount Sinai, that is a fabulous infertility expert. And had I known him at that point, this, this was four years ago, I would have gone to him. Um, the place I went was not very well equipped for dealing with our emotional issues. Well, uh, Heidi was just saying that Kirsty's writing for us, so you can find her uh, articles on the Open to Hope Foundation, and our new website's going to have articles listed under our authors. 
so when we get up with that, it'll, it'll be a great thing. Well, uh, Kirsty, when we went to break, uh, we were talking a little bit. I wanted to talk about um, some of your ideas that you have on your website about um, dealing with grief. And, and there were some things you had about finding a healing place. Did you want to talk about that a little bit? I really like that. Oh, as far as, well, see, I'm, I'm, I guess I've always been a big believer in, in getting out in nature. And so I think that there's a lot of, you know, um, I don't know, maybe just growing up in California and we're, you know, really close to Yosemite, I think that there's just a lot of healing um, that you can experience just by being out in nature. And it's really also, it's a, a very interesting to look around nature and see how she you know, nature ends up healing herself, you know, that, that you've had these trees that have been hit by lightning and they're still able to keep, you know, growing and, and doing things. And so, it's, you know, lots of really beautiful imagery or um, one of my favorites, there's a um, spot up by Yosemite Falls and one of, the, um, one of the rocks there has this tree that's probably about, I don't know, four, four feet tall and it's just hanging there, you know, growing on the side of, a, of, of the, the rock wall and it, it just it reminds me so much of the tenacity that people need to kind of, you know, keep coping and uh, keep moving through their grief. Mm-hmm. And finding your own place. I know some people have grown up by water, some people by the mountains, and and then you also talk about things like sunsets and flowers and butterflies. There's a lot of different things. Um, you know, a lot of people turn to um, either religious rituals or more spiritual rituals. Um, I tend to look at just sort of rituals in general. Um, some people will see, you know, looking at the setting sun, you know, as a way of sort of watching things end for the day or, or lighting candles and putting out candles um, as a way of, of sort of symbolizing somebody dying. So there's there's lots of things you can do either if you're planning a ceremony or just sort of on a personal basis, um, you know, to, to sort of help you cope, cope with a particular loss. Uh, many times people will try and do a butterfly release, you know, at, at funerals. Um, as a way of, you know, sort of watching the butterflies go up or balloons go up or birds go up um, and, and symbolizing life even, uh, you know, life moves on. What do, you, what do you think all these things do for you physically? I think that they, they somehow, they, I think that they lift your spirit somehow. Maybe, maybe they, they, some of the grief, all of that heaviness of the grief um, gets pulled up and out, you know, gets released with the butterflies, gets released with the balloons. I think I'm a real big believer in, in sort of, you know, what was it, Nike always said, just do it. I think with grief you need to do something. Um, and, and I think probably just the physicality of, of whether it's lighting a candle, whether it is um, releasing butterflies, um, whether it's releasing balloons, it, it, it helps get rid of some of that physical feeling in the body. Uh-huh. And what about, you also talk about blessings and prayers. Yeah, um, I, I guess, again, you know, people have their own uh, different spiritual um, beliefs, but I think that uh, especially if people come from a particular religious background, that using um, prayers or using blessings is a, is a really good way. It taps into their, you know, sense of spirituality. Um, again, it's something you can do. We wrote, I wrote a healing blessing for my daughter when she was in the NICU, and we put it over her, her um, isolate while she was there. I don't know if it helped. 
but it helped me to do to do something to write something down and to feel that I was contributing to her wellness. I love that, and you could even do a little blessing or prayer for yourself and tap it up on your mirror or something. Exactly, so that you could yeah. read it in the morning. Yeah, wonderful idea. So it's it, it sort of it's you know maybe a longer version of using just some positive af- affirmations um, in helping people cope with with the grief. Mm-hmm. Did you have some other things that you wanted to comment on of ways of helping people cope? Um, yeah, one of the things that I've done um, for you know I guess trying to sort of distill this is to try and get people to take care of themselves. And so it's an acronym. Do we have time for me to go through that? Yes, sure. Okay. So people need time to handle the grief. They need to avoid alcohol and other medications. They need to try and keep to some routine or schedule, eat a balanced diet, uh, focus on healthy foods, making sure they're getting enough water, try and converse with others, uh, especially the people who've been there and survived that. They can really be, um, you know, beneficial. Art projects can help keep your hands busy and give you something to do. Um, rest and sleep are important to help the body heal, and then exercise helps to reduce stress and improve one's mood. So again, the, the acronym works out to take care. Mm-hmm. And those nice. are just you know good basic you know things that people really need to be focusing on, especially you know in those early stages when people don't really know what they what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you doing? Uh, you've got your website, and um, are you? Where do you practice? Are you practicing right now? I'm, I took um, my my um, daughter's NICU hospitalization was sort of my wake up call um, to step out of, of clinical practice, um, and I've gone. Uh, I've gotten pulled back into teaching. So I teach a, a graduate course in bereavement. Um, I'm looking to be developing a couple other online courses um, in either death and dying and grief and loss. And then, um, oddly enough, I also got pulled into teaching nutrition. So the, the common thread there is keeping people well, whether it's through nutrition or helping them understand grief. Now, where are you located if I want to try to take a class or something? Well, uh, I guess the, the beauty of all this is that I'm mostly located online. Okay. Um, so, so that... Um, and probably, you know, getting in touch with me through through the Journey of Hearts website uh, may be the easiest thing. Um, eventually, hopefully, the, the other classes will be available um, through uh, different institutions in California. It looks like that, that, that may be developing. So the Joy of Hearts website. Journey of Hearts, yeah. Wonderful. Journey of Hearts website. And thank you so much for being on the show today. I know you've uh, helped a lot of people, and, and we appreciate what you're doing out there. Thank you Thanks, so much Kirstie. for having me. Okay. It's time to close our show now, and I want to thank Kirstie Dyer, a doctor, a physician, for being on our show today. And it's been a good topic today, hasn't it, Heidi, talking about the physical aspects of loss? It's been wonderful. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.